it must be Sunday because I'm here, you're there, Ellie's here, and we got Dr. Jessica Levy, holistic vet here, so you can pick her brain if you got some questions. Let's say you've been doing some stuff, conventional medicine, and maybe might uh, maybe she's got some ideas for you for in the holistic world. So make sure you call in your questions. And so we can utilize her while she's here, all right? And also you can answer me, ask me questions too, but let's uh, give Dr. Jess the time to talk if she's got, um, so she can help you. Hey, Ellie, how you doing? I'm doing pretty uh, fantastic today. Oh, doing doing good. good. Anything new and exciting this week? Uh, nothing much t- uh, too exciting. I've been dog sitting all this week, so I've been getting plenty of my dose of puppy affection. Ah, what? Um, what who are you babysitting? Stanley, um, my parents' dog. Oh, and okay. He's a pity mix, so he just wants constant love. Ah, he wants to be on top of you constantly and play with his babies and toys. And uh-huh. he's a sweetheart, though. It's been fun. Well, cool. You make you do you make him? Uh, let's see. What do you want to say? Okay, dogs that are always in your space and always touching you and sitting on you and such like that, they're basically you. Believe it or not, that's a dominant thing. Okay, whereas <laughs> uh, you know, you know, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Okay, with uh, people that are uh, need to strive for that, there's hugs and kisses time, but then there's okay. Now you go over and lay down time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whereas, but if they if they initiate it, then you you shoo them away. But then, like what I used to do when I first got dogs, you know, they come and try to like you know put the paw on my leg, try to put ram their head between my elbow and the side to put my hand up so I'll pet them, you know, type thing. Mm-hmm. And so that ah, get get get. And so as soon as then when they get about halfway across the room, then I would call them back, and it's my idea to interact. That's a good leader. Okay. Yeah. And so that's what you need to remember uh, that. But if the dog is always initiating play or pet or whatever, they're running the show. You are not a leader. Mm-hmm. And so that's why um, uh, people don't realize how that plays into the role and relationship with their dogs. Like, um, same with, you know, like people that let their dogs walk ahead of them, okay, and scan as they are walking. That puts a dog in front. So they're the leader and you're the peon. And then they've got to protect you. And they've got to, you know what I mean, of something they deem wrong or whatever. So that's how you get a lot of reactive dogs when you allow them to scan in front of you as you are walking. You know, because a leader, you should walk together. They should walk next to you in a loose lead or behind you. But they should never be in front of you because that's what a good leader is. A good leader is in front. But a lot of dogs, like you say, that are very huggy, kissy, you know, like up in your face. And come on, just pet me, pet me, pet me. Well, that's all fine. But when I initiate it, now when they initiate it. Yeah, exactly. It does make a big difference in the leadership role. Yeah, I'm going to have my mom listen to this. She's definitely the weak link who needs to hear this. She she lets him demand affection all the time. No, Yeah, people don't realize that. They just think it's an overly friendly dog. Yes and no. It's it's running the pack. They are telling you when they want stuff, and that's not good. And, you know, there's some, it depends on the personality of dog. It really does. So, anyway, so hopefully we got some uh, some good questions. We got some trivia again, once again this week. And, blah, 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 blah. Hey, Dr. Jess, how are you doing? I am doing well. How are you? Oh, good, good, good. Anything new and exciting in your life? The horses are doing good, the dogs are doing good. We're Everybody, all, all fine. freezing our butts off. All freezing yes. our butts. I was pleasantly surprised. It was 10 below at our place this morning, but there was no wind. And you know, and I love it when it gets cold enough that when you walk, the snow squeaks. 
You ever hear, <laughs> hear crunches, I say, not squeaks, oh, it was windy crunches. at our house. Yeah, no, there wasn't, the flag wasn't moving at all. So it actually was, when I got up, Will asked me, you know, how was, how was it out there? And I said, it was very it's pleasantly surprised. He says, it's not cold. I said, well, yeah, it's brisk, but, yes. <laughs> but there's no, but I dress in layers, you know, so... Yeah. You know, I don't dress like Nanook in the North. <laughs> I got layers on, like just now, you know, I got, you know, layers here, but I'm not, I don't wear a coat. I got my coat and everything in the truck in case something goes awry. But otherwise, you know, I just, I go in like this when it's cold outside and people just look at me like, aren't you cold? I'm like, well, at least you're not wearing shorts. That's true. That's I'm, true. I'm the same way. As long as I have my safety clothes in my car, then I'll, a sweatshirt and mm-hmm. some underclothes is fine. Yep. That's, yeah, just, just don't get too far away from the car. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, I didn't put my boots in the truck this day, today, though. Usually I've been wearing my boots, and today I decided not to. I don't know why. Just, just what I did. So anyway, so hopefully, like I say, you guys got some good questions. No. Um, but the the big thing is, is that, you know, with, to create a good relationship with your dog, um, it is so imperative. I've gotten a couple quite this week of you know little dogs like Shih Tzu mixes and stuff like that that are just uncontrollably barking, you know, at everything, you know, shadows on the wall, outside, whoever goes by. And and I always admire the people that have small dogs and come to a dog training class or do some sorts of training because most little dogs it's easy just to pick them up and move them out of the space. When you got a Great Dane doing that. You got to take control. You mean you got to get a handle on the situation, but and so when people take the time to input on small dogs uh, and teach them manners and such like that, they aren't a yappy ankle bitery thing at all. It's just, but usually they're barking because they feel you don't have any control. You are not a leader worth following, so they got to take the bull by the horns and they've got to be the alarmist. And so that's why by doing something, and one thing they tell everybody in class. Two is your actions, how you walk the dog. If you kind of are like kind of slumped and kind of la 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 la, the dog is like, boy, you don't got it together. <laughs> and then they've got to do it. But if you stay in straight, you look important, you know, and you're sure of yourself, that portrays to the dog that, hey, you might be somebody worth, you know, w- w- looking to and, and maybe I need to follow direction. And so I'm always telling everybody to relax, relax. You know, some people want to have their elbows up, you know, cranked, and you're going to get tennis elbow. <laughs> Just relax, because a dog will pick up on that. They mirror you. If you come into a situation, the dog's going to follow that lead, you know, and so that's why it's so important how you act is how the dog is going to react, and so that's why, you know, can't stress enough, input, 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 drain the brain, not the paws, and especially when it's cold like this, you know, start teaching tricks, uh, name the toys, uh, teach them once they know the toys name, then teach them to pick them up and put them away, <laughs> you know, just give the dogs a job, it really does, that's, that's, that's huge, that's huge, 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 huge. So anyway, so if you got a question, please, for me or Mr. Do- Mr. <laughs> Dr. Jessica Levy, your holistic vet, uh, please give a holler, 651-641-1071, 651-641-1071. And so now, is there, there's, uh, Ellie, is there, um, oh, she's on the phone. I was going to say, I don't suppose you know who's playing today, do you? For football? Not a clue. <laughs> I've heard that there are two games today, though. Yeah, yeah, there's two, there. and then who's going to go to the Super Bowl? Could be anybody versus anybody. Yeah, then it's a super, yeah, then it's Super Bowl. <laughs> Was there anything new and exciting in the veteran vet world that um, 
what about like you're um, you're dealing with an issue with one of your dogs? What about pain meds for dogs? A lot of you know goods and bads, things to stay with, things that maybe to, to try instead. Yeah, and you know I'm I'm not so familiar with the world of conventional pain medication anymore. Okay. Um. Uh. So you know one of the things that you and I were just talking about is you know this business of uh, having to make major decisions mm-hmm. for somebody who's who can't make them for themselves. Right. And then also, isn't it interesting, like the the opinions, the judgments, the comments mm-hmm. of our fellow humans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who all, you know, want to have a say mm-hmm. in the decisions that we make. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, you know, maybe it's like if I if I decided to quit veterinary medicine, be a fighter pilot, people <laughs> might keep their opinions to themselves. <laughs> but when it comes to pets, people are very free to share. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's like it's not easy to, you know, make major decisions that, no. you know, have a huge impact, whether it's financial or, you know, or otherwise. Right. Right. So as far as pain medication, um, things that I have used routinely um, that are not homeopathic remedies uh, there's a supplement out there called DGP. Okay. Stands for doggone pain. Really? Yeah. It's an herbal blend. Um, it, uh, you know, some people swear by it. Uh-huh. Uh, there's also a Chinese herbal formula. Um, and, and with Chinese herbal formulas, I think it seems like every Chinese pharmacy has their own names for things because you know, there are, I don't know how many different Chinese dialects. Okay. Oh. Um, yeah. So I'm using one called Body Sore. Okay. That comes from a, far, a Chinese pharmacy. I think they only make stuff for pets, but I'm not sure. Okay. But it's called Jing Tang. Oh, okay. So I've been using that for my dog, Anton. We've been using DGP. Um, and I started with, um, you know, using them at a bit of a lower dose because he's a sensitive guy and also not giving them at the same time, but he actually tolerated both of them very well. Okay. Okay. Um, as well as just, um, you know, using uh, some other general supplements. So, you know, a lot of times we get fixated on treating pain. And so a lot of people contact me and they're like, you know, what about CBD this? What about CBD that? But if you treat the overall condition, the pain will also, um, you know, pain is part of that. So right. decreasing inflammation, pain will be reduced, et cetera, et cetera. So, and some pain is good for the fact that well, you don't want wincing pain for the the pets, but it teaches them it, it, not overdo themselves. Right. You know. Right. So. If you had a dog with a torn ACL and you're waiting for surgery, you don't want to completely eliminate their pain because they're going to you know do further damage or you know right. you don't want them out there doing saying you know I feel great right. doing yeah. acrobatics and yep. things like that. And really, yeah, there you go. Okay, yeah, you got a question? Give a holler six five one six four one one zero seven one. Okay, well, true or false, Ellie and Dr. Jess, if a person has shaved eyebrows in ancient Egypt, (laughs) it might mean that the family cat has died. True or false? We'll be back. Hello. Thanks for staying with the KDK9 show. Remember, you can get all my pad, podcast past shows at mytalk1071.com. And uh, yeah, there you go. Okay, true or false? If a person has a shaved eyebrows in ancient Egypt, it means that their family cat has died. True or false, sir, Ellie? I think it's true. All right. What do you think, Dr. Jess? Oh, yeah. Sounds reasonable. Yep. It's true. That's the first thing I would do. <laughs> sounds reasonable. <laughs> yep. That's what they do to honor their past cat because cats are huge in uh, ancient Egypt. And then you know what happens? Like you look perpetually surprised. 
Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen anybody who's done on. that? That's cute. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen the tattooed eyebrows. People shave them off and then tattoo them back on so they don't mm-hmm. have to go in the, to get their eyebrows done. Oh, really? They look insane. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but if you shave them off, like, would they, I mean, hopefully they would grow back. Oh, so I wonder what they do. I wonder if people do like electrolysis or something to yeah, I don't know. nuke the hair follicles. Okay, any any hairdressers out there know the answer to that? Call in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who's first up there, ma'am? Well, first up here we have Linda, who has a puppy school dropout. A seems. puppy school dropout. Okay, hi Linda, how you doing? Um, I'm doing fine. Okay, and um, the puppy? My, my puppy just turned six months old. Okay. And we were in dog school, mm-hmm. and the third time I was just asked to leave uh, due to her barking and pulling really hard on the leash. She just goes nutty, wanting to play with the other dogs. Okay. She gets overly excited when she sees other dogs or actually people, okay. especially kids. Okay. And she just wants to play. At home, she's really good. Uh-huh. Okay. What do I do? Okay, what kind of dog? Australian Shepherd. Oh, Aussie, okay. And you, you said she was six... saw that coming. Yeah, she, you said she was six months? Six months. She just turned six months. Okay. Okay, the big thing, what you got is, have you ever had an Aussie before? No. Okay. They're a working dog. They're bred to work, to herd, to do things. Okay. Do follow your instructions. You need to teach this dog. Work with this dog. Now, by her acting like that in class, first of all, I'm amazed. Now, obviously, they did, didn't have her in a, any kind of training collar. No, they don't believe in them. Yeah, regular there. collar. Yeah, there you go. Okay, and you know it's everybody's thing, but see, my purpose is that you know um, I need to find something that you can get an immediate reaction from your dog, so that the dog will turn and look to you for direction. Okay, and it's not me, master you, dog. Is by by no means. And the thing is, is that she the reason she's acting like this when she's out in public is she doesn't think much of you as far as a leader, which we were talking about earlier. She just yeah you're her buddy but so what now she's got to go and do this we got to go do that she doesn't look to you for direction do you see that other dog what are we going to do about it okay and so you have a you have to build a relationship with the dog by you know and dogs learn by trial and error they do this this happens they do that that happens and so the, um like does she walk uh, well out of leash when you're out in public no Okay, and so at uh, home when I'm practicing and training her at home. Well, yeah, yeah. but that's home. That's familiar. That's familiar. Yeah. What the real what what it is? There's a real world out there that she's got to have manners in, and you have to have control of the situation. All right. And so now, how many pounds is she? Last time we were at the vet, she was forty. Forty pounds. Okay. And she's getting stronger. Okay. Yep. Okay, so uh, well, if, uh, if if you came to a, a class or a private with me, the first thing that I would do is put her in a training collar. It's called a Star Mark collar. Star Mark. It's a plastic collar with little blunt pyramids in it, and when you give it a pop, not a pull, but a pop, what happens is that it pokes the dog. All right, and so what happens is, you know how if we're talking, you know, I'm trying to get your attention, trying to get your attention, and you're not giving it to me, I'm going to poke you. And if you don't look at and give me your attention, I'm going to poke you harder. I'm not hurting you. I just need your attention. 
Okay? And so I got to do something to get it. And that's what this collar is going to do. It gets the dog's attention. Now, what do you want? What are you, what are you trying to teach me? All right? And so the very first thing you want to be teaching this dog is to walk politely at your side no matter where you're at. That's the basis of all obedience. And then, like, every time you stop, the dog sits. And so there's a, there's a lot of work that you need to do to build the rapport between, you know, everybody knows I'm not a treat trainer. And the reason is I, you are now the treat, your verbal praise and your physical praise. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so that's why what we got to do is build dogs. Don't do things for us out of love. They do things out of trust and respect that we've earned together by working as a team. And so that's what you have to step up to the plate and start doing. And so that's why, you know, that I could, you know, tell you anything over the, the radio here, but I'd rather work with you directly or you find a trainer that will isn't train isn't treat trained, you know, where there's a consequence. OK. And like I say, again, it's not you, me, me, master, you dog. By no means. You've got a puppy mush brain here at six months. Her focus point is really hard to focus. <laughs> she wants yeah. to go here. She wants to go there. She wants. But you as the owner is like, uh-uh, little girl, this is not we're not, not here for that, that and that you're here for this. Uh, anytime you're on a walk and she starts pulling, okay, just stop. You have the leash in. You know, we work dogs from our left side. And uh, most people don't understand why. The first people that did things with dogs were hunters. And most hunters are right-handed. You know, the gun was in the right hand and you can't have the dog under the gun. So we put the dogs on the left side. That's why the dogs, we train dogs on our left side. All right. And so the thing is, is that what you can do is you got a leash in both hands. You know, you got a six-foot leash. Okay, what you do is you hold the handle of the, the leash uh, with your right hand, and then your left hand has got the other part of the leash. And then what you're going to do is you're going to quickly drop your left hand and quickly step on the leash the minute it hit the ground. You're only going to step on the leash maybe about 10 inches from the hook. It's not too... Um, uh, it's to pin the dog to the ground. It's to keep the dog... If the dog tries to lurch forward or tries to jump up on you, the dog can't. Well, then all of a sudden she's going to be sitting... And all of a sudden, she'll be laying. You now have control of the situation. And so that's why you just quickly step on the leash. Drop your left hand. Keep your right hand on the leash, okay? But quickly drop the left hand and quickly step on it. So then she, you know, she, hasn't, she hasn't realized that she hasn't, learned, she hasn't had time to lurch forward yet. And if she does, then um, she's going to correct herself immediately. It's an immediate reaction to, their, to her actions. So that's what you can do in any kind of situation when she starts, you know, going upside down and sideways. Just quick step on the line. And then, like I said, don't say anything to her. Just talk to the person you're talking to or just kind of wait it out. Keep your hands to yourself. Just ignore her. And so then eventually she's going to get, you know, she's going to be able to learn to control herself and not go. And you do have control of the situation. Okay. But I would get that star mark collar, number one, and then start start training. You know, so that you're, because uh, like I say, it's at the end of the leash or what the, is on the other end of the leash. <laughs> do, you, do you have those collars at your place? I sure do. Yep. Okay. Yep. And so like I said, we can set up a private lesson if you don't want to try a class. You can get a lot done in an hour. Okay. An hour lesson is 95. And you can get a lot done. We work on walking on a leash, greeting you, greeting company at the door, um, and then how to teach your dog to calm down the invisible dog. And so there's just a lot what of little... about other dogs? As far as? Do you have any volunteers for a private lesson? <laughs> First, we got to get you and organize and the dog organized, and then we start putting things in front of you as far as, <laughs> okay? Because that's what so we... So you would recommend a private lesson as compared to a group? Oh, no, you can take a, a group lesson, too. You can check it out on my website. 
Okay, but like I say, you could try because my group, I only have six dogs, seven dogs to a class. So it's not like ginormous, you know, that you get lost in the crowd. Okay, why don't you hold on? I got a quick go to break here. Hold on and then we'll finish it up when you come back, okay? Sure. How long have dogs been kept as pets? More than 100 years, more than 1,000 years, more than 10,000 years. The 2023 Best New Year's Resolution goes to Bob. When shopping on Marketplace, I'll never ask, is it still available? And then vanish when they say yes. Most resolutions are silly, but a commitment to be healthier overall, that's attainable. The YMCA is making it easy this month with a $0 enrollment plus people to help you reach your goals. Hurry and join before January 31st. Thank you. You're welcome. Learn more at ymcanorth.org. Hello, we're back. Glad you stayed there. Hey, how long have uh, dogs been kept as pets? A hundred years, more more than a hundred years, more than a thousand years, more than ten thousand years, uh, or none of the above. What do you think, Ellie? Um, more than ten thousand years. Okay, what do you think, Doctor Jet? Dogs have definitely been domesticated for longer than ten thousand years. Okay, but pets, that's mm, okay. More than ten thousand. Okay. okay, ding ding ding. You're both right. It's more than ten thousand years. Woo! They have been kept as pets, dogs. There you go. Now you know. They're so useful. Huh? They're so useful. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. If people would use them correctly, mm. you know, give them jobs to do and have some fun with them. But anyway. Okay, let's go on back to Linda, right? Are you there, Linda? I'm here. Okay. I'm here. Uh, and see, um, uh, the, the, I would suggest that you take a private class. Okay, and then so we get you organized, we get the dog organized, you can focus on the dog and what I'm teaching you. Okay, and then your goal would be to take a class. Okay, and so now you have time to work on it, build a relationship, and get the dog to look to you for direction. And so when you come into a class situation, you are going to be more you know, assure of yourself, more confident because you, you know, you've got things, you work things. And plus, like when you go out for a walk, you're going to learn how to keep, you know, keep the, uh, uh, you know, keep things in order. And so by, by that's the best thing that I would say, because private lessons are really good to go, so the, organize the owner. So the owner can organize the dog. And then the group classes are based. Now, this is real life. We've got other people and other dogs around you. How to work through that. Okay. How do you schedule a private lesson? You could just give me a, give me a call up at Katie's Canines. You know, uh, as we hang up, just call up to Katie's Canines and put a message on, leave me your name and number, and I'll get back to you. We'll look at our calendars and see what day, morning, afternoon, evening, a Saturday will work for us. Okay? Okay. Thank you very much. You I bet, kiddo. It. You bet. Take take All care. Right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Yeah. Well, see, and I, my, my problem I have with this is what Jess said during the break is that, this gal should not have been kicked out of class. That was a bad trainer because a train that's to me rises me to the plate. Whereas, whoa, we got some work here. This is going to be good. You know, it's not going to be just da 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 da. You know, it's getting everybody organized, getting work, move forward as a team. And there's been a couple times where I've told people that you know what you better do. I think what we got to do is we're going to back out of class here. We're going to do a private lesson. I usually give them a deal on it. <laughs> and then then we'll come back into the class. Exactly. I, I want to work one-on-one with you and get you more organized so you can organize the dog. And then you're going to have more confident. And then and that's the whole thing. The dog knows if you've got your you know stuff together or not. And uh, they're going to rise to the occasion. But then all of a sudden, they see that you're being a better leader following through. And you're organized. All of a sudden, the dog's like, whoa. 
Now I don't have to protect you. And now I don't have to just go, you know, like I'm going to go play with this one. Screw you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I will say things I see a lot of are people who take their dog to a puppy class when they get it, when it's, you know, eight, nine, ten weeks old. And then after that, like they think they're done because the dog went to puppy class. Okay. This is like if you only went to kindergarten. Yeah. You're still, you're not really prepared for real life. life. Yeah, that's true. And then the other thing that I hear a lot of is people um, having difficulty with their dogs walking nicely on a leash and coming when they're called. Mm-hmm. And I just tell people like, yeah, those are like the two hardest things. I mean, people struggle with these things and it, it takes time. Mm-hmm. It just takes time to, because those are things that you have to that's why it's called training. It's not called, you know, magical fairy dust. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah. And so those things do take time. And those are probably like a couple of the biggest struggles is that, you know, uh, letting our dogs know that we are actually more important than the squirrels. Yeah. Yeah. And the, yep. yep. the exactly. bicycles. Yeah. No, that's very true. Mm-hmm. And but but I think, too, like people get frustrated with those things. And yet it, it is a process. It takes quite a while with uh with my shepherd it took about a year for mm-hmm. me to learn how to walk him and for him to learn how to yep. walk got, with me you and, built a team is what you did mm-hmm, you learned mm-hmm. to understand him he learned to understand you and the two worlds yeah, came and together it was a whole process and it yeah. took quite a while yeah. well, everybody say well i want my dog to come well dogs aren't robots you can't just program the word come and they're going to drop what they're doing and come and that's why the e-collars electronic collars have just exploded. I went mm-hmm. online the other day, and before it used to be maybe there's 10 e-collars to pick from. It was page after page of electronic collars, and it's like, oh, and there's a lot of trainers out there. That's what they're training is with e-collars, and there's a purpose, there's a place in the in the dog training world, but only my place that I see, if a dog, if you've laid the groundwork, you know, you, everything's going pretty well, but the dog ranges a lot, you know, then, you know, if you, I'm not versed in e-collar, but then you find like a hunter that's used an e-collar with their hunting dog to explain, because if you time it wrong, you can shoot yourself in the foot. But yeah. to me, that's the only time an e-collar comes into existence. And too many people, when they use an e-collar as like a leash, okay, or you don't sit fast enough or ding, ding, you create a neurotic mess. The dog yeah. isn't working for the joy of working as a team. The dog is working to avoid something. Well, you'd have to think about it, too. So um, I met a gentleman the other day who told me that um, he can shock his dog from nine miles away. <laughs> and and the question is, I, I think I said to him something like, do you feel the need to do that? Yeah, really? There you but, go. but realistically, here's how you could run into trouble with it, right? So so people will use the e-collar as a way to kind of to get the dog to come when yep. the dog is out of earshot mm-hmm. or facing away from you or whatever. Yep. But if you're nine miles away, you know, what's going to happen if your dog is heading back towards you and you shock the dog? Yeah. Right? You're teaching them now, to come. Now you blew your calm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's what I mean. It has to be done correctly because if you do it wrong, you totally mess that up. Yeah, you're going to train the dog never to come back. Right. But the whole thing is, is that, you know, you're building, when you get a puppy, you're building a team work for two, the first two, two and a half years. The first year is the toughest because they're testing you. You know, you're trying to figure out each other. But the thing is, and then in the if you had gotten it as a puppy, you feel like you've been training forever, and why hasn't the dog got it yet? Mm. The dog has to mentally mature, just like our two-legged kids. You can't teach a kindergartner, you know, physics 
and have them understand. They might be able to go through the motions of what you want, but not truly understand. They got to mature, learn how to focus, how to, you know, you know, acquire that so that they can put one and two and three. Well, well, just imagine. I mean, you can look at your 30 or 40 year old child and think, well, that was a questionable decision. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. You sure you want to do that? <laughs> That's a questionable decision. I know. I bet you, Ellie, your mom never said that to you. Oh, she questions everything I've ever done in my life. She's my mother. Of course she does. <laughs> That's funny. It's so funny. Okay, who's up? To, hey, we got open line 651-641-1071. Dr. Jessica Levy, holistic vet, is in the house. So got a question for her. That'd be great. Okay, who's up? Well, we, we have uh, Diana on the line whose uh, therapy dog has been overlicking. Overlicking therapy dog. All right. Hi there. How you doing? Oh, good. How are you? Good, good. What kind of pupper do you have? Well, I got a five-year retriever who came to your puppy class. Okay. He loves it. He's a good guy. He listens really well. And we've been in uh, doing the therapy volunteering for about six months. Okay. But I'm trying to kind of get a handle on a couple behaviors. You know, you're kind of out in public. You're in front of people. Right. And, you know, if he, when he goes into a, a room and he starts licking hands, I mean, I could do the awk. Uh-huh. Do you have any other suggestions or signals I could give him? That so, I could train him that that is not appropriate behavior. Okay, so he's licking other people's hands. Now he's not licking well, himself. You know, when he, yeah, when he visits, you you know, you bring him up to the bedside or to the um, chair or wherever, and you know they'll pet him. Uh-huh. But I think it de- kind of depends upon what they might have on their hands. Oh yeah, definitely lotion or sanitizer, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that he tends to be. Um, or could it be stress? Okay, has he been doing this from since the beginning, or does it seem like it's getting worse? It seems like it's about the same, and it's not every time. Okay, it seems yeah, it kind of infrequent. Um, so again, I just I, I just wondered what you would suggest as you know, as his handler that I um, you um, know, and again, his nose sometimes gets in the way too, Katie. Where you know, if they've had lunch or something, and I'm walking in there. His nose is down. He kind of forgets what he's doing. But oh, I yeah. think I, you know, I've been working on getting him back to, with some hand signals back to the patient and okay. um, or to the people that he's visiting. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, that like when there's food involved, like uh, on the floor or something like that, that is just a leave it. You know, ah, leave it. Yeah. You know, you know it's none, right. no okay. concern of yours. Yep. Okay. But see, licking. There's several ways of things for that. It could be a stress release. It could be, like you say, there's something on the hand itself. Okay. Some smell or whatever. And so, what I guess I would do, you have to learn to read the dog really good. And mm-hmm. so that when he comes in, see, most people want and go over the head, between the ears, and down the back of the neck for petting the dog. Right. Okay, so here comes the hand, and then, you know, the arm is right there, right in face, okay, as the hand's <laughs> coming up. Okay, what I would try to do is teach people to scooch the dog in the side of the face, under the chin, or in the chest. Try having people greet the dog in a different manner, and then okay. see if that, you know, keeps his tongue in his mouth, all right? <laughs> And so, because he might, Elsie used to be a, a big licker, um, you know, she'll give you a slobs in the face and on the hands. And see what I would do with that. Now, does he lick you at all? No, I mean, I don't feel like he's a licker. This is the only time that he licks. Okay, yeah, yeah. So anyway, because if he did it to you, then that would be an easier fix. 
Right. Because what I did with Elsie is I would just, as I, I as she's licking me, I just slowly come in with my other hand and grab her tongue. And not squeeze it, but just kind of hold it and just go, ah, ah, no lick. Hey, no lick. And then it's when she realizes she, I have her tongue, she kind of does that, like, let go of my tongue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so then I'll say, ah, no lick, and I'll let go. So then after a while, I could see she's coming in to, for the lick. I'd go, ah, ah, no lick. The, the tongue would go right back in. But being that he doesn't do it to anybody else, he's just doing it um, to other people, I would, I would change the approach Okay. Uh, how to have teach people that um, the scooch on the side, scooch under the chin, and scooch in the chest. Because to, for, from the dog's point of view, that's a non. Um, when you come straight into the dog, your hand comes straight over, you know, into the face, up over the forehead, um, between the ears, and down the back. That's a dominant move to most dogs. Okay, and so that's okay. why if you teach people to do the side in the face and under the chin, that the dog is going to be more relaxed with the interaction. He's not mm. going to feel like he's on the defensive. Okay. Okay. And so, mm. but they say just okay. I'm, and before you have the people t- pet the dog, you show them this is how we're going to you know interact with the dog. You know, if you have to, you take their hand and move it on the side of the face, and then if he looks like the tongue is going to come out, ah 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 ah, ah no lick. Yep. Okay. Okay. And so, and just kind of take it, yeah, take it in baby steps, okay? You bet. Okay. Thank you so much. You bet, kiddo. Good luck. Bye-bye. Yeah, because, like I said, being that he doesn't do it to anybody else, you know, it could be just so the approach, he feels a little bit nervous on the approach. Mm-hmm. You know, like I say, everybody mm-hmm. wants to come out and put their hand, you know, here, smell me. <laughs> and this is who I am. And whoa, whoa, whoa. And so if the dog's a little bit on the, you know, nervous side, that it could be stress licking. That, you know what I mean? Because she's not doing it to her. That he just feels right. like, you know, he's right. like, okay, we're friends, right? We're friends, right? So anyway, so hopefully the, the approach will will make all the difference. So anyway. Oh, so we, we need to go to snappy break? Yeah, that indeed. Oh, that that indeed. There you go. Oh, by the way, today, the 2 o'clock, the game is at, uh, what did you say? The, the That's Eagles? 49ers and Eagles for the NFC Championships. <laughs> yeah, who are you taking? Anything but the Eagles. I will take anyone in anywhere over the Eagles. I hope the Eagles suffer. <laughs> I do not like the Eagles. So how do you really feel? Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching just in the hopes that they lose. <laughs> that is so funny. Okay, why does Spanish explorers bring pigs on their voyage in the 1500s? Why does Spanish explorers bring pigs on their voyages in 1500? We'll be back. Um, when I gave you the question, I forgot to give you the choices. <laughs> Why did Spanish explorers bring pigs on their voyages in uh, the 1500s? Okay, you ready for this? Oh, yeah. Okay. Pigs could be eaten for food. Pigs needed little care. Pigs could squeal if enemy approached and then D is A and B. Uh, A and B. Okay. That's reasonable. Yep, that's true. It's A and B. Pigs could be eaten for food, but pigs needed little care. They do. They really do. They don't need that big of care. I, when I was left with no answers to choose from, I thought maybe the answer might be pest control because they eat everything. Yeah. Hmm. They're garbage disposals. Yeah. You know. So it's crazy. Okay, we got some somebody on the line. Yeah. So first up, we have Carrie, whose dog is also excessively licking. Another licker. All right. Hi there. Hi. Uh, this is Carrie's husband. She just uh, stepped out for a second. Oh, okay. Yeah, we've got a, a small uh, Chihuahua Boston Terrier mix. 
who licks 24-7. It's just obnoxious. He's the cutest little thing, but he licks us mainly. But anyone that he'll get comfortable with, he just won't stop licking. You literally have to stop him. Okay. Licking. Now, is he just licking humans, or is he licking furniture, you know, rugs, what? No, just humans. Um, he will lick his feet, you know, a, um, a fair amount, but not, not, not as constantly as humans. Okay. And he's looking for skin to lick. Okay. Um, how, uh, what food are you feeding? Um, it's, uh, what brand is it? What food is he feeding? Oh. He's getting a rabbit, um, a dry food. We mix it with a sopper. Usually maybe some, some, um, some of our vegetable food occasionally oh, nice. and different meats that we have from dinner, just a little tiny bit. Okay. Topper. Good, good. Um, uh, do you rotate that formula a lot? We don't rotate the formula. Uh, <laughs> the toppers we rotate almost daily, but oh. not the, the, the main, you know, foundational okay. dog food. Yeah, because you want to rotate it, okay? Sometimes when dogs overlick, as much as you're saying, it can become a bad habit, but it can be digestion problems from overlicking. And so, and so remember, dogs are put on the earth to be scavengers, to eat everything and anything. And so, it's, you'd be doing good, some of you know, the extra stuff, but that base, you need to st- uh, switch the base also. Were you saying the, rab- or the rabbit was the base, or what is the base? Is it dry yeah. food? It's a dry, it's a dry rabbit, uh, you know, kernel, rabbit and lamb. Okay. But here's here's part of the reason that we do that is that when we rescued him a couple of years ago, he wouldn't eat anything. It took took us forever to find something he would eat. Okay. This real finicky eater. Okay. So he snubbed just ninety five percent of the food we tried to give him. Okay. Um. All the, good foods. Is he good? Is he a good weight? Overweight? What is he? No, he's probably a pound and a, he's probably a pound of overweight, maybe pound and a half. Okay, but that's a lot for how how many pounds is? Yeah, he? right, right. right. That, and he doesn't look excessively big, but you know, according to the vet, he's a pound. Okay, pound and, and a half it, over. It, yeah, see, if you take a pound and a, or a pound and a half of hamburger and put it on his torso, because dogs don't gain weight technically in their legs, their tail. and their head. Okay, but if you take that, so that could be you know, because overweight dogs aren't hungry. All right, and you have to create an appetite. And dogs eat by smellability, not patability. If it smells cool, and by adding those toppers, you're making it cool for them. All right, and by changing the toppers, that's good. You know, because you're changing it up. He's not eating exactly the same thing all the time. Okay, do you do any probiotics, digestive enzymes, or anything? No. Okay, <laughs> Doctor Jess, you got something? You're leaning in. Oh, I was and, just thinking, like, you know, it kind of sounds like nervous little dog syndrome. Yeah. And nervous little dogs often do have nervous little guts. Uh-huh. And so, so like, that's I, that for sure. We, we, <laughs> we do know that he has a bit of anxiety and some FOMO. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, there's definitely anxiety involved here. Right. And so I'm wondering, like, do you need the dry food or can you just feed him the toppers? Yeah. You, you're talking about the raw frozen toppers, like the primal is that what you're talking um, about for a topper? Well, most of the toppers are natural human foods, like good foods. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but we do we do have some some dog food toppers, you okay. know, on occasion as well. We kind of have a mixture of different toppers. Okay, because like because like one of the things that might help his gastrointestinal tract is to eliminate the dry food, and so like you could look at the using the raw frozen food along with the cooked 
leftovers that you're feeding him. It might be interesting for you to look at Dr. Judy Morgan's book. Uh, it's called, what's it called, Kitty? Yin and Yang. Yep. Something about pet dog nutrition. nutrition. Pet nutrition. Okay. Yin and yang, W-Y-I-N and Yang, Y-A-N-G, uh, pet nutrition by Morgan. Yeah. And I can't think of the other author. And then, and she's got like a bunch of different recipes in there. And so that might give you an idea of how to make a homemade diet that's more balanced. And then you could just feed your dog that. Like you don't necessarily need to use dry food as a crutch, especially if you have to kind of top dress the dry food to get him to eat it. I was thinking for a dog like this, I would probably use a couple of supplements from Standard Process. I would use Standard Process Canine Enteric Support and Standard Process Canine Adrenal Support. Is this dog under 10 pounds? Um. Yeah, he's right around 10. He should be about 10, and I think he's 11. Okay, so then what I would do is get, like, the smallest bottle of each one. And if you email me uh, through my website, I'll give you the specific information. Uh, Holistic-vet-care.com. Okay. And the small bottles of the dog standard process supplements come with an eighth of a teaspoon scoop. And I would just... Right on top of one bottle AM, right on top of the other bottle PM, and give him a half a scoop of one in the morning and a half a scoop of the other one at night. And if you go through two small bottles of that stuff, it'll last you like two and a half months. And that should be time to address like the physiological part that's driving this behavior, like the intestinal issues, the stress, the adrenal gland, that kind of thing. So the licking, I guess I'm, I'm missing. Okay, okay, yeah. Let's hold. Can you hold that thought? We got to run to a break. So when we come back, then we'll we'll answer that. Okay. For thousands of years ago, before time of dairy cows, butter was made from uh, from the milk of uh, sheep, yaks, goats, all of the above. We'll be back.